On today's bonus episode of Locked on Wild, we roll through another wild fan spotlight as Jay Sullivan talks to us about his experience as a Minnesota Wild fan. And we also turn the tables as the host will be asked some questions about my background. So we will uh, talk about all that on today's bonus episode of Locked on Wild. We are your team every day. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, this is Brandon Duham, and this is Locked On Wild. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week and so that you can hop in to the YouTube comment section and join our daily conversations. Today's episode of Lockdown Wild is brought to you by Sleeper. You can download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. On today's bonus episode of Lockdown Wild, Jay Sullivan stops by to give us his wild fan spotlight, talking about how he has been supporting his favorite Minnesota hockey team. And he's also got a few questions for me as to uh, how I ended up falling into uh, being host of our favorite show. So should be a fun one here today. I'm excited for it. My name, of course, is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, credentialed member of the Minnesota Wild Media Group. And as mentioned, another fan spotlight here today is Jay Sullivan joins us, one of the OGs on YouTube. Jay, we're so glad to have you uh, on today's show. How's it going? It's going well, man. And hey, thank you. And uh, shout out to Denny for getting this whole thing kickstarted. It's a great experience and uh, doing well, man. Might as well open with one of my big curiosities is you're a credentialed media member. How did that happen? Tell us about that. Yes. So uh, this has been something that um, I have really enjoyed over the course of this season, even though the win-loss record has not been what any of us had hoped that it would be. But honestly, it was is a point of validation for the show and you know, also for uh, for me as well, having been host of Lockdown Wild for the last couple of seasons, obviously to try to further the coverage that we bring on a daily basis. Best way to do that is to uh, be able to go to XL Energy Center and uh, see games and talk about what I see on the ice over the course of uh, a day-to-day basis. And so this all started last year with getting the opportunity to get in for a couple of single-game Um, credentials at the end of the season, getting the opportunity to go to the last few home games of the season, I think. And I, I remember the day vividly. I want to say the first ever uh, credential that I had an opportunity for was uh, a game against the Columbus blue jackets uh, a few seasons ago. And expansion brethren, perfect team to do it for. Yes. 100% and had the opportunity, had a blast, um, obviously, it was a big eye-opening moment uh, getting up there for the first time. 
And so we kept it rolling after that with uh, a couple of games down the stretch, covered the uh, Wild against the Dallas Stars in the postseason, all of the uh, games at the X last season, and decided why not try to further it and get to as many games as we possibly can this season. And so uh, went for a full season and we're approved for that. And it has been, honestly, like I said, it's been a lot of fun just to kind of see the, uh, the inner workings of how a season goes about because we see what happens on the ice. For those of us that watch on television at home, we see a particular set of things. You know, obviously the camera can only show a handful of things at one time. So getting the opportunity to say, okay, I know what we're going to see on the camera. So I'm going to try to focus on this and just watch from up above. Like the, the X has a great perch to games from, uh, you almost feel like you are directly over the ice. And so getting a chance to see everything unfold pretty much directly below you is great. But honestly, man, it's, it just has been so much fun. Like, it's been way more losses this year than I would have liked to have covered, but yeah, <laughs> even, even leaving, like I'll use the ducks game in particular because that was, uh, eight, I'm glad uh, I was gone for that game. <laughs> <laughs> that was an eight o'clock start. And so obviously that's on the late side. And for me, I've got to commute um, at this point, working on trying to get a little closer to the cities, but uh, still being close to, or far enough away that, I have a commute both ways, um, leaving the X just after midnight and uh, heading home, getting home about 2.45 was. Oh, that is a commute. That's uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a drive. But honestly, like just in kind of replaying everything that happened, I was still like I couldn't see myself doing anything else. And so even with all that stuff, still getting excited about going to the rink just getting an opportunity to uh, to talk about what we see for everybody that listens in. It still is just a blast. And um, that has, I think, been just a, such a fun part of this season. Again, even though the uh, the wins and the losses have been more distributed to losses this season. Hey, at least you get to be there in person officially to see them. Eh? You got more reason to be there than to just see them lose. Yeah, correct. And just, <laughs> you know, you you can build off of, you can build off of trends, get an opportunity to focus in on specific players and say, well, today I'm going to see what Kaprizov's doing. Today I'm going to see what Faber's doing. Um, it just it allows you to get the full scope and to be able to say, well, yeah, we saw this on the broadcast. But I also noticed this going on kind of behind the scenes. Like that was the big thing with that Ducks game, too, was just the the number of breakaway opportunities that Anaheim had. It was like. Yeah, I watched the highlights. It was just a Ducks package. <laughs> uh, pretty much. Yeah, it just was it was something else. But honestly, like I like I said, I just I could not see myself doing anything else at this point even even with where they're at. I still just I get excited about covering the team and I get excited about talking about what is working, what isn't and trying to figure out trying to fix some of the things that uh continue to go wrong for this team. There's plenty to fix. There's plenty to fix. So we talked a little bit before we uh, started recording. What is your day job? Cause you do all of this on top of a day job, don't you? That is correct. Yes. I, uh, I work in radio 
uh, for my day job uh, at a station down in uh, Redwood Falls, Minnesota, a small town down in southwestern Minnesota where I live. Um, and I do high school sports uh, in addition to um, kind of overseeing all of the on-air things that happen on a uh, radio station. And so there are nights where there are conflicts between the two. And so that becomes kind of a coin flip. Uh, <laughs> of course. On, yeah. Depending on uh, which one was, was the last one to, uh, to get the short end of the stick. But I love that too. Like I, I just, I love being in sports. I bleed these teams that we, uh, that we watch on a daily basis. And so um, that, that just is a really fun part of the day too. I wish I could do more of that while also doing more of, uh, of lockdown wilds. Maybe there just needs to be a situation in which I find a way to clone myself and uh, <laughs> have one do one and one do the other. And then we find a happy medium, but for now it does require a, uh, a two ish hour commute to the XL energy center for games, which is a, that's, that's a journey. Yeah, but, that's a lot out of your day, man. Yeah, it, it, it again, it it makes it fun. I listen to podcasts on the way to and from, so I'm still getting wild. Like I'm getting some ideas for stuff to cover on my way there, and then mostly just relaxing and reacting uh, on the way home. Just it, it's weird that the drive is like the drive is not as big of an obstacle because I I don't actually mind long car rides. Like yeah, fair enough. I was a delivery driver for years, so I get that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just throw some music on and just uh, just let the road take you where you need to go. Exactly. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl week for those who celebrate, courtesy of FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about these key factors. Finding the best seat in the house, whether you're at a Super Bowl party or just enjoying from your living room, finding the best quality snacks to keep you full throughout the game, and throwing down a couple of bets on the game as well. FanDuel has plenty of options to make sure that Super Bowl 58 is a win for you, courtesy of FanDuel. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. Plus, new customers, if you join today, you get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. So how did you actually get into hockey? Because I know you've mentioned on the show before that you've really, quote unquote, only been a fan for like three or four years now. But uh, you've you've dove absolutely headfirst into it. Uh, yeah, and... I, you know, I'll be right up front in that I have pretty much zero hockey backgrounds, uh, which probably seems weird for somebody that hosts a hockey show. Hey, you could have fooled me, man. You, you've done your research already. You're a, you're a good hockey fan. You've got the background now. Well, thank you. And it, it comes down to just, for me, the biggest thing in just making this whole thing work was just learning how to be a host first. I think that's the biggest key to any good podcast is just knowing how to be a host. And there have been plenty of times, especially when I was getting started doing this, 
And this is season number. So I came in midway through the season in which the wild played the Vegas golden Knights in the postseason. So that was four seasons. This, this will be the fourth season third year because i started in march of 2021 mm-hmm. so it's that part is a little confusing but even when i started like my my big thing was always just to try to figure out how to be the host first like you can find people to fill time if you don't really know how hockey works and i did that kind of to start but then as you plunge yourself further and further into it and uh, for everybody that listens, my big thing is just simply stating what I see. And if it uses the appropriate hockey terminology, that's great. If not, we find our way, we find a way to, uh, to get to where we need to go, but you have to be a good host first. If you're not a good host, then it doesn't matter how good your hockey knowledge is, because if you can't handle the transitions through the show and knowing when to kind of cut something off, when to keep a topic going, when to cut it off and move on to the next thing. If you don't have all of those elements in a good spot, then the overall show suffers. And so it it has been something that has been really eye-opening for me just in learning a sport essentially completely from the ground up, but knowing that I can talk my way through things that I don't understand because we keep that flow going. We, we prioritize the vibes here on locked on wild. And so as long as everybody's having a good time, that's my big thing. And so honestly, it came down to the resumption of the NHL after COVID in the Hmm. bubble. We I've talked at length about some of the things that the NHL has not done well uh, at various points throughout the uh, the last few years. But honestly, the thing that they have done the best is how they brought hockey back to our television sets. Had games going from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. And I just remember at that point, um, I was a kind of co- co-host of a uh, hockey podcast at that point, but I more so was just there to to have fun. It was... It was a show in which we, um, we would have wine and would uh, would just record and talk about various things. But I had no idea what I was talking about at that point. Hey, that's how you start to learn what you're exactly. talking about. <laughs> yeah, you just you just got to get the reps going. And so I remember vividly sitting on my couch and seeing that there were going to be NHL games on all day. And so I just <laughs> said, "No, there's nothing. There's nothing else." There's nothing else on. There's nothing else in the sports world. I might as well give it a shot. And it it sounds it may sound kind of crazy, but that really was all it took for me is just actually sitting <laughs> watching a hockey game and seeing the seeing the flow. The the flow is of all of the major sports probably the best that you get. Oh because- yeah, it is the most fast paced of the big four for sure. Yeah, there's there's so little downtime unless you get a ton of whistles. The game just moves along. There are big hits. There are flashy goals. There are amazing saves by goalies. I sat and watched the whole day, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Watched the whole day, and at that point, I was like, you know what? 
I'm hooked. I could uh, I could see myself watching hockey way more than I currently do. And kind of to pivot off of that, there was a part of me that was like, where has this been all my life? So mm-hmm. all it took, all it took was one day of uh, just watching the resumption of the bubble. And it was like, okay, now we need to start to watch a little more of this and to try to figure out what is happening in these games. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. I love that, man. And I think that the uh, the things you espoused wanting to do well on the show, you absolutely do very well. Because I only started listening four or five months ago. I don't think I was even listening at the very beginning of the season. But I was at work one day and was just needing another hockey podcast to listen to and found you and haven't looked back. Well, we're glad to have you. We're glad to have you in amongst the uh, the loyal listeners because... Honestly, the and it's a big pillar of the show, and I can uh, I can kind of go into um, a little later here the kind of backbone of what makes Locked On Wild and what makes Locked On as a network because it's just ready having information readily accessible is like a huge pillar for this team, and I know that's how that's how I ingest all my sports news is if there's something going on that I see, like if I see the Minnesota Timberwolves send out a tweet that says such and such player is not going to play. Anthony Edwards is going to be out. I'm going to go try to find what, like some reaction as to why that is a big deal. Like I have my opinions as to why it is, but I'm going to go try to find somebody to tell me what I need to know about that particular injury or illness whatever it may be and so i that has been a huge pillar of this show too is just trying to quickly get information out there and we do that with a lot of volume locked on wild is a volume show but i think in order to be successful you kind of have to be because there just is so much that can happen during a season trades injuries losses closed door meetings after games. If you are able to quickly turn content around, that gives listeners a lot of options as to uh, what to listen to. And you just become known as kind of that voice that's going to be there when news breaks. Like that's, that's a big part of the show. And so it, it takes a lot sometimes to, um, to do that, especially during like, I'll use last year as an example. Um, I'm not going to talk about which time sp- specifically, but <laughs> you're in the off season and you get a notification on your phone that something has happened from a team perspective and you may be out on the golf course or out on the boat. And that might be the last thing that you want to do. But all of those people that listen to the show are waiting for your thoughts as to why this particular thing has happened and what it means for the team going forward. So if you can be that consistent source of information for people, they will, uh, they will be, they'll be there for you every step of the way. And so it's a nice, it's a nice give and take. Like I, I give you guys a ton of content because I enjoy doing it. And because I know that that then is going to in turn grow this audience and is going to, uh, allow us to do stuff like this. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. That's why I fell in love with the podcast so quickly is it's very detail and fact oriented. Sure, there are plenty of op-eds in there, but that's part of what makes it good. You can't just state facts. That'd be boring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and that's, that's part of it too, as I, as I have uh, developed the hockey knowledge is just trying to do more of the, okay, Adam Beckman got called up. Where is he going to play? Where does he fit in? Why is it important for him to be getting an opportunity with the NHL team right now? Just being able to, just being able to give a little bit more as opposed to simply just here's what happened that, you know, just, just trying to, to personalize it a little bit more has been uh, a nice fun part of this journey too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the, uh, one of the fun questions I have written down here, do you have a favorite piece of a uh, wild memorabilia or gear? Um, at this point, oh, actually, yes, I do. I'm glad you asked this question because this predated even my, um, my hockey fandom, but it is still, and I'll have to, I don't know where I put it at this point. So the Minnesota wild came through town for their, uh, summer road trip. Uh, Hmm. this was years ago. This was probably five or six years ago at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. it might have been longer than that. And they worked with our station to kind of promote the events. And then we were there um, doing a a broadcast. I had a fledgling sports show at that point, Um, but it mostly focused on Vikings, Twins, and Timberwolves. And they gave me a stick, a uh, commemorative stick that was signed by every single player on the team. That is amazing. Actually, I think it's behind me. Give me two seconds. I'm going to go grab it. Do it. Do it. Oh, yes. Look at that beauty. That is excellent. I'm going to try not to knock anything down here. So (laughs) my light will gradually, uh, gradually. Oh, I love that. Come back in on that. So, yeah, this is, and this is going to be, this is going to be going back up on the wall as part of the uh the backdrop i just i keep i haven't committed to anything for the backdrop really yet because i i keep coming up with different ideas but this is going to be a big part of it um oh that's got to be the centerpiece man that's gorgeous i'm gonna have to even go through and try to see who exactly is who exactly is on this i'd have to i i think it's probably been about six years Mm. since that since i got that but that's that and autographs are unreadable anyway. So good luck. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> that's the piece. That's the commemorative piece right there. Um, that is probably the one that I treasure the most at this point. So that's fantastic. I yeah. love that. I'll, I'll have to show off a couple of my own here. We've got the reverse retro from the first year. Love that. Uh, the first Jersey I ever got good old center ice Jersey. The first year with the beautiful, weird shoulder patches. I love those. And uh, I've got more stuff inside, but not worth bringing out 10 or 20 things. I've got a lot of wild stuff. As you can see, I'm wearing some more. And uh, my amazing girlfriend, the coup de gras, got me these actual, uh, like, branded up Nike high tops for Christmas. I know. I know. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. (laughs) Wow. That is that those those are upper echelon. Those are elite tier. 
I like that. They really are. They only get brought out for the important games, but we don't have many of those left this year, so they'll they'll be on the shelf <laughs> collecting dust until next season. Uh, there's always next year. Um, <laughs> oh, that's that's great. Um, Jay, any more any more questions for me, or I'd like to flip it then and uh, and ta- talk about your Minnesota Wilds fandom. Uh, one more quick little one. Do you have a hockey fantasy team? I did. Um, a couple of years ago, I did my first, um, Mm -hmm. fantasy hockey team, but, uh, I have not over the last couple of seasons. Um, I, I went through a bit of a burnout with fantasy football, um, because I used to be somebody that was just super into that. I think if I'm being honest, and this is kind of embarrassing, I think I was in at like 15 leagues at one point, um, Oh no, (laughs) you just get like you get friends that ask, Hey, we need one more. We need one more for our fantasy team. And I'm somebody that likes to help people. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel like I was letting anybody down. So I just said yes to all of them. And Mm. honestly, it it burned me out. And that would burn out most people. That's understandable. So I scaled, I scaled all the way back. I was in one league, one fantasy football league this past year. But now that I've kind of gotten the itch back to uh, to kind of get back into it, I think there is going to be, and this is this is a breaking news announcement. I think there will be a couple of lockdown wild fantasy hockey <laughs> leagues that will probably pop. Let's up go. So keep an eye on that. We'll. Uh, we'll I will. A, I love that. We'll do a few of those for next year. And depending on demand, we'll uh, we'll open up as many of those as we need to. I love so, it, man. That's a great idea. So yeah. All right. Uh, I've I've made you chat enough. The floor is yours. <laughs> Today's episode of Locked On Wild is also brought to you by Sleeper. The NHL season is past the halfway point, and with the Minnesota Wild out of postseason contention for now, you can still win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether players like Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi, or Brock Faber will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus or more in a given game. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Well, first off, I just want to get, Jay, a, a sense of, of how long you've been a fan. What drew you to the Minnesota Wild, and uh, how mm. long have you been a fan of our uh, favorite team here in Minnesota? I've been a fan for about 10 years now, going back to high school, but I came to it in a very roundabout fashion. I grew up in Minnesota. I grew up about okay. half an hour north of the Twin Cities in a little nothing town called Newmarket. And never gave a single hoot about hockey, not a single one, until we moved down to Atlanta, which the Thrashers were long gone at that point. Not that they would have been a good introduction anyway. And um, my, one of my best friends, a guy named Kevin, still best friends to this day, 10, 15 years later, just kind of bullied me into playing the NHL video games with him. 
<laughs> and then started bullying me into watching hockey with him. And I just fell in love with the sport, kind of like you did. It didn't take that long once I was exposed to the game that I just fell in love with it. And I figured, well, might as well cheer for the hometown team, even if I'm not there anymore. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's amazing how many people, if they start here, even if they move to other areas, they still have that affinity for the hometown teams and can mm-hmm. kind of come back to that. It's just we we as Minnesotans just always have that tie to the teams that are here in the state. Like even if I were to move to a different uh, a different state, I would still be a Vikings fan, still be a Wild fan. They'll be a twins fan. It just those are the ties that are always going to stick with us. So that's that's mm-hmm. great. I you know it's funny you mentioned the Atlanta Thrashers because I have been hoping just because their Twitter account is still active, like they still have <laughs> somebody that runs their Twitter account and still posts regularly. Who's and paying for that? That's hilarious. I, <laughs> I whoever is is not getting paid enough. Um, <laughs> So I've always had a little bit of kind of a of appreciation for the Atlanta Thrashers too. And if they ever move the Arizona Coyotes out of Arizona, maybe the Thrashers make a comeback. It's possible, man, with the uh, the new building and entire complex that they're building, actually only about 30 minutes from where I currently live. Uh, it's very possible. Bettman's always looking for more money. He hasn't said no yet. We'll see what happens over the next five or 10 years here. It's it, well, and it, yeah, it sounds like they're going to be trying to come to some sort of a resolution on the coyotes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we would have heard if they got new land at this point. They're, they're either going to Salt Lake or they're going somewhere, man. I wanted them to work there, but I don't think it's going to work there. It, it just seems like more and more that uh, we're, we're going to be seeing them head somewhere else. It's unfortunate, but uh, dollar signs, dollar signs are what drive it. Yeah. It's, Better teams have had less amount of time to make a franchise work and been moved. So, yeah, a hundred percent. Um, what have been the things that have gotten you through this season? Obviously, it has been a struggle. There have been some bright moments, but for the most part, it's been a trudge through the uh, the first fifty games of the season. So, what have been some of the things that you have been able to lean on? Uh from a particular player spotlight or just things in general that have helped you get through these, uh, the first two thirds of the season. Mm. Uh, knowing it was coming definitely helped knowing that we had two or three years of just ridiculous dead cap space. I still say we should have only bought out suitor and just ridden the breezy contract, but it is what it is. Yeah. But, uh, Rossi and Faber, man, I'll say it just like everyone else has, just like you have, they have absolutely been the highlight of the season. The fact that, we haven't had rookies like this since Kaprizov, and he was the first rookie we had had like that in about a decade. So it's phenomenal to have a couple of players like that who can eat up some ice time, who can score, maybe not every game, but they're both on a 40 or 50 point pace, and that's better than I thought either of them were going to do this year. So that's fantastic. Yeah, and they're just, they're easy to root for. I mean, they're hard workers. Like they exemplify everything that you would like in players is somebody that shows up to the rink every day is going to give it a hundred percent every time. Mm -hmm. Um, Side note, how weird is it going to be to see Zach Parisi in an abs Jersey? You know, we're not going to have to see him in the playoffs. We don't have to pay that much attention to it. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Touche. Very good point. 
that uh, that was well played. Um, <laughs> and I I saw Alex tweet about this today too. Imagine, um, or no, it was in the YouTube comments. Imagine Parisi v Suter in the postseason. Again, that could be very fun. Something we'll be watching. We won't be uh, actively participating in. Mm-hmm. We'll be watching it, but you know that's that's how she goes. I guess I'd have to cheer for the Avs because Parisi at least left with a smile on his face. No real ill will towards Suter, but I'm sure you have done your research on it at this point that he left very unhappy after that buyout. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I remember. I actually remember some of the coverage after that that happened because again, that was another moment. Like you you think about the like flashbulb moments of the Minnesota Wild here over the last few years. Parisian Suter getting bought out. I remember because my phone just exploded and I was like, <laughs> okay, I I need to I need to assemble the troops and uh we need to get some reaction to this. But I remember that was one of the things that I dove into after the fact. Like a couple days after the fact it came out that it was via phone call and that whole thing. And I just am like, huh? Could have at least bought him dinner, but yeah, yeah. you know, (laughs) it's just that, that just was an amazing, like, you don't think that that's going to be a thing, but it absolutely was a thing after the, after talking about the buyouts and the financial implications, there was a full episode talking about why a phone call. (laughs) I'll have to go back and listen to that. I'm sure that's a fun one. Cause yeah. Why a phone call? And that was that was in like the infancy stages of the audience now. Like and so I honestly, if there was a way to have that happen today, not maybe not deal with all the ramifications of it, but have it happen today so that the reaction could have been, you know, live episode. Let's Oh, let's your counts would have gone through the roof. This <laughs> was one of those things. It was that, it was the Kevin Fiala trade. It was Dean Evison getting fired. It was Kirill Kaprizov getting hurt against Logan Stanley last year. And then it's been the the postseason losses the last couple of years are like the the flashbulb, like where were you moments that have happened with this team. And it, it pre predated my hockey fandom entirely. But I remember where I was when Parisian Suter signed. Mm, uh, okay. I, I was on vacation. Uh, over 4th of July, we had gone camping and we were listening to KFAN um, and they had talked about it on the radio. And I just remember thinking, boy, that seems like a big deal, even though I don't follow the wild at all. It was indeed a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that it had uh, a little bit of impact, to say the least, on um, on where we're at right now. So just want, just amazing how these little moments kind of line up from mm-hmm. years back to uh to get you to um kind of where you're at right now. And speaking of that, my final question for you Jay and again we appreciate you hopping on here today. We appreciate you being a loyal listener, one of the uh the commenters on YouTube. Really glad that these have worked out the way that they have. So I'll ask you kind of a blanket statement question to finish things off. What what do you want to see the Minnesota Wild do between now and the end of the season? And you can take this in whatever direction you'd like. If it be trading particular players, 
firing particular personnel, whichever direction you'd like to take it in, what are things that you would like to see the Minnesota Wild do between now and the end of the season? Uh, I want Rossi, Faber, and Gus to play well. I want Kaprizov to play 18 minutes a night so that he's actually healthy next season. And I think we can win 10 or 15 of our games down the stretch and get a nice top five pick. I like that. I That's kind of where I'm at with it. <laughs> I think you embrace and exemplify greater good uh, because at this point, I, I mean, I, I haven't done a ton of research and will do more into what you could get with a top five pick, but I've heard people say that this draft has a lot of good defensemen at the top of the draft, and you could put somebody with Brock Faber for the next like 10 years. As sounds pretty nice. Partner. That I sounds would, pretty nice. <laughs> love that. So I, I love, I love all of that. Uh, again, we thank you, Jay, for, uh, for joining today's episode. Uh, just, just glad to have you along as one of the, uh, the loyal listeners here to locked on wild. And we hope that the season doesn't spin further out of control, but let's be honest, it probably will. <laughs> so, Hey, it might as well be entertaining. If we're going to go down, go down blazing and swinging. Yeah. Let's let's do so with a smile. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. Well, hey, thanks for having me on, man. This has been so much fun. Yes, my uh, my pleasure. Thank you for reaching out. And listeners, it's that simple. If you'd like to be part of a future Wild Fan Spotlight, all you have to do is email LockedOnWild at gmail.com. We will get you lined up for a uh, Wild Fan Spotlight coming up here uh, between now and the rest of the season. It doesn't have to be right now. You can think about it if you'd like to do that. Just uh, shoot an email and we'll we'll get you lined up. You can also uh, reach out to me on X as well at Seth Topes. Shoot me a DM if you'd like to uh, to be part of a fan spotlight. But love getting the opportunity to hear from the listeners and uh, to throw some questions the other way too. I don't do enough of that in my myself, so love the opportunity to uh, to answer questions as well. That will do it for today's episode. So again, make sure to hit the like button before you hop out for the day and make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. We've got new episodes for you every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.